On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we know the Eagles roster is stacked. How deep are they, though? What if the backups were the starters? How good would this team be? Plus, who could be the new 2022 Philadelphia Eagles that emerge not out of nowhere, but suddenly become Super Bowl contenders in 2023? All that and more on this Friday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Friday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers for making us a part of your day and your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by... Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. It's a Friday edition of the show. Next week, we're going to dive into training camp. We've got only a few weeks remaining until the Philadelphia Eagles hit the field at Novacare Complex. So all those topics coming up next week when we get back to Monday through Friday. Uh, Gino, today, you know, I've been looking at the roster, getting ready for camp, looking at, you know, potential battles, you know, for starting positions. Yesterday, we were kind of talking about, you know, could some veterans last year have reduced roles this year? Like, you know, could Nolan Smith get more snaps eventually than Brandon Graham at some point this year? Same thing for Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis, Milton Williams over Fletcher Cox. And just kind of starting to think about all of that as we get ready to really see what this 2023 Eagles team is all about. And man, on paper, we've said it a million times in this show, but they look really good. And, you know, the starting lineup, will see if they can reach the ceiling of the 2022 team. But when it comes to depth, I almost think this team is a lot deeper than last year when it comes to like young talent. I don't know if you agree, but I mean, this team has a lot of upside, not just on the first team, but like the second and third team, there's a lot more development. I think that could be done. Whereas, you know, last year's team was definitely young, but the backups I would say were probably older than this year. When you look at this conversation, you kind of have to put nuance to it, right? Because when you look at the safety position, there's no way you have as much depth there. No, right. Yes. Context for each position, of course. Same with linebacker as well. But when you look at the defensive line and you look at that Sam linebacker position, that more pass rushing Hassan Nolan Smith, you look at corner, both nickel and on the outside, I think you're deeper there as well. Running back, you're deeper. Running definitely deeper at running back deeper. as well. And you got four, maybe even five guys that you could put out there at any given time with Trey Sermon in the conversation. And heck, even Kennedy Brooks, man, like he, he's a half decent player and we'll see him in the preseason. It's going to be a tough decision who takes those snaps at running back. If one of those guys does go down, does one of them get promoted? Do they run with three or do they add another body at the wide receiver position to help with special teams? Maybe, maybe they do keep Covey strictly for punt returns and they want to add another guy as a gunner let's say I don't know if wide receiver is as deep as last year when it comes to after Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown how much have you upgraded I think that's I think Zacchaeus is an upgrade over Pascal and outside of that it's pretty much the same yeah it's pretty much on tight ends deeper though tight end when you look at Dan Arnold is going to be much better and with a healthy Tyree Jackson potentially the depth at that position, how good is that back half of the competition going to be? And and the great part about this next couple months or so is you have three preseason games, and a lot of the time, 
most of these battles are settled in those inter-team scrimmages when you're going to take on the Cleveland Browns. And yeah. I believe you'll be taking on who is it? Who's the second team? Um, Indianapolis. Indianapolis, right. And yep, you'll Shane be Steichen. able to look at all of those positions and say, man, in the one-on-ones, we can go six, seven deep that corner. And mm-hmm. wide receiver, we got five or six guys that can separate. And one-on-one on the defensive line, best of luck whoever is taking them on and one-on-ones on the offensive line. And heck, man, even the offensive line is still pretty deep. You had in Battles of camp are there be fun. as well. And yeah, I, I think th- the line might be deeper, agreed. Gino. I mean, Tyler Steen replaces Andre Dillard. He's more versatile, probably, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. Dillard, outside of left tackle, really couldn't fill in for another spot. Yeah, and he played left guard a little bit. Yeah, that's true. He did play guard. But yeah, when it comes to the tackle positions, you have Steen now that can play multiple different positions. So yeah, I think, I'm not saying they're a whole lot deeper. I just think it's different types, a different kind of depth. It comes mm-hmm. down to more, I think it's more youth and upside versus more veteran base last year. And it's interesting, man, like, if you formed, especially looking at the lines, and uh, PFF tweeted out the other day, the Eagles, they're graded number one when it comes to the offensive line and the defensive line heading into 2023. If you were to like form a starting lineup of the second team, it's not bad. I mean, are they a top team in the NFC? No, but in this conference, I don't know, man. They could be competing. I mean, just kind of look at what the offensive and defensive starting lineups would be, and that could carry you for a while, plus a good running game with Mariota, and if you got to go Kenny G and Boston Scott, and like you said, Trey Sermon, um, this team is really deep. If this was a youth team, right? And Well, that's what it would be football, with the backups, right? It would be like Philadelphia Team A and then yeah. Philadelphia Team B. What would the receivers be? It would be Watkins and Zacchaeus and Covey. Yeah. Yep, and then you would have the, like the Calcaterra tight end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you look at the defensive line, though, I, I look at that position and I say you could carry at least ten to fifteen games with those backup guys, right? And that's when you look at the NBA and you look at, I would say, even baseball when it comes to pitching, but especially hockey. When you're looking at the Boston Bruins this year and you're saying, "How is this guy on their fourth line?" and this guy's on their fourth line, and he's probably better than most teams' second-line guys. And that's, that's the way thing, I look know, at it with the Eagles' defense. I mean, look at – let's say you take away Fletcher Cox, um, Jalen Carter for the sake of the discussion because I think he'll eventually be that mm. second-best defensive lineman this year at some point, probably maybe eventually the best. You take away Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Your starting defensive line is still made up of Brandon Graham, who's coming off a career year, Nolan Smith, who's a first-round talent, Jordan Davis is a first-round talent, Milton Williams took a huge step last year. If you want to take one of those guys off, like mm-hmm. Jordan Davis, you throw in Contavious Street, who's coming off a career year. I really like Moro Ajomo coming out of Texas. Yeah, the lines especially. I mean, you know, there are some weaker spots. You know, if you lose Dallas Goddard at tight end, as you mentioned, if you lose Dean or Moro at linebacker, maybe safety, but... You know, even corner. I mean, take away some of these. It wouldn't be ideal, but you've got some young talent there too. Kelly Ringo, Greedy Williams, Zach McPherson. When you get into those situations in the middle of November, let's say, and there will be a time maybe that Darius Slay goes down or James Bradbury goes down. I feel much more comfortable with what they have there this year than they had last year. Yeah, and, thank God that neither one of those guys got hurt last year, Gino, because outside of McPherson, mm, I mean, what kind of experienced or just any sort of talent on the boundary did they have? I mean, most of it was that's the thing. Corner, it wasn't, it was they didn't the really even have a veteran experience there. They had no. youth outside of Zach McPherson, who was the only guy that they wanted well, it was gonna be to be Josh Job. Yeah, been Josh Job was the next man up on the outside. He was... Yeah that fifth guy in the rotation and 
who is it going to be this time around? It's going to be much more interesting, much like mm-hmm. the defensive line. You could take both of these cornerback units, take Bradbury on one team, Darius Slay, the captain of the other, then you pick the rest, and you could have some pretty intriguing combinations. Do you want yeah. that size of Keely Ringo? Do you want a little bit more veteran ability that Greedy Williams offers you? Zach McPherson is going to be more laterally quick than the other two guys. So you could get by with them, and that's w- what – this type of year is all about is trying to improve in those marginal areas. So when the time comes and their number is called, because frankly, how many it's, guys are used say. in a season, right? And it's you not know, just 53. 2022 is not going to happen again where you're in a Super Bowl. You and hope you're not. Completely hope healthy. That, I mean, I mean, you would hope you hope so. Yeah, yeah of course. So. But the odds are, I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen like 2018 mm-hmm. or 2019, but there's some median there, you know, between the two, you know, ends of the spectrum. Um, and so the, a lot of these backups are going to be called upon more this year than last year. Are they guarantees of who they are? No, because a lot of them are younger and inexperienced, but I, I think it's really exciting mm-hmm. to see the young talent. And if you form a lineup of, you know, on both sides, I, I think they're, this is a very respectable second and third team for sure. So it's not just that this team is, you know, it feels like all-star is it every spot mm-hmm. in the starting lineup, but I'm really excited to see these backups. And that's to me, what I'm more excited for in training camp. Cause we, we know who Jalen hurts is at this point and AJ Brown and, you know, Dallas Goddard and Brandon Graham. I can't wait to see like what Kelly Ringo's doing and the mm-hmm. development of is Zach McPherson now going to be playing in a slot. It sounds like he's being cross trained there. So those are the storylines that in a few weeks are going to be fun to see how they definitely do play out. Uh, the 2022 Eagles though, you know, we were talking about them and how good they were. They did, not come out of nowhere, but them being a Super Bowl contender was a little bit unexpected. Gino and I are going to get into more of some outside of the Eagles NFL discussions here. Who could be that next version of the Eagles from last year? We're going to get all into all that and more coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Bird Dog. Simply put, Bird Dogs makes you look good. Gino and I have been rocking it so far this summer. Bird Dogs have so many awesome products. They're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And that's definitely the modern day look for men's shorts. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki. So you got the look but you also got the fit, the comfort when it stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, especially on the golf course. That's huge uh, for me this summer. Bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And we thank bird dogs for sponsoring the lockdown Eagles podcast today. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Friday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Shout out to the everydayers for making us your first listen each and every day. Uh, Gina, last year, the Eagles, of course, were, by the end of the year, the, the best team in football uh, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, in the Super Bowl. But before the Super Bowl, you would say they were the most consistent, even over Kansas City. I mean, they were loaded on both sides of the ball, the most explosive team through the air when it comes to efficiency. To me, the best running team whenever they wanted to. They led the league in turnovers. They led the league in sacks. I mean, there wasn't really a weakness that they won in spite of, right? And although we knew that this team was pretty talented heading into August on paper, especially when they traded for Chauncey Garner-Johnson at safety, that was the last shoe to drop where you're like, okay, now there really isn't a weakness. At the same time, we didn't know that that was going to be the result because of Jalen Hurts and because, you know, when you have 
all these these new faces we've seen in Eagles history. Sometimes that doesn't work out. So it definitely was a surprise they were that elite. Is there a team this year you think, you know, looking across the league and both conferences, is there a team that could kind of follow in suit with the Eagles and kind of follow that timeline? So you're looking at a, a young quarterback. It's like, yeah, a team, and not that was like from the bottom to the top, right? Because the Eagles weren't mm-hmm. that. They were nine and eight. So a team mm. that was like a, a good average, but not great team that, yeah, maybe they have a young quarterback and this is the year they take a step that maybe this year we think they're going to be a good team again, but we still don't know if they're going to be great. It's an intriguing discussion because who yeah. even fits into that Jalen Hurts mold at this current point? Do you kind of compare him to his counterparts that were in that draft class? Could you say that the Los Angeles Chargers finally mm. flipped the switch? I mean, would Justin Herbert be in that conversation? Sure. They were a team that they competed. They're in the West. No, it's They're a good more point. than likely going to be a wild card team that is going to have to try and one up the best team in football if they can take that step. I think you have the quarterback to do it. I think you have the offensive firepower there. If everybody remains healthy, that defense is still going to be as good as advertised. Maybe Miami with Tua. I mean, does Tua get to that precipice? I I don't don't know. I think, you know, Jacksonville. I think it's a team. That's a great one. That's a very good one. Yeah. That's exactly who I was kind of. Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. It's a team right now that has higher expectations. Obviously, you make it to the divisional round. You beat mm-hmm. Justin Herbert and the Chargers in the playoffs. Lawrence is you know, a former first-round pick that took a huge step last year. But they're not, because of how good the AFC is, Gino, they're not being picked to win the AFC or how many teams are, or how many people are going to predict them to make even the you know, AFC championship game. I think teams like Buffalo are going to get more hype there. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, obviously, Cincinnati. You mentioned Los Angeles, probably, even though Jacksonville beat them. Baltimore with Lamar Jackson coming back, and they're much healthier. But I think the Jaguars, like, if you told me they were representing the AFC this year somehow, I wouldn't be surprised. They had the Chiefs on the ropes, too. And, you know, they have Calvin Ridley this year, and Doug and Lawrence continue that relationship. It could be the Jaguars. And their division stinks, kind of like the Eagles. That's a it very good stay, one because if mid. you're taking the the track of Jalen Hurts, Trevor yeah. Lawrence would be there next year, realistically, yeah. if you're looking at it. And he really made that jump. And Doug Peterson seems to be the guy that if you have a young quarterback and you want to make sure that that structure will stay in place at least for one to two years. Mm-hmm. And Trevor, I think, has a much better makeup mentally than Carson, a much better physical makeup than Carson. He's obviously seen as a generational type of quarterback because Mm. he was taken number one. He was talked about forever coming out of Clemson. I think he falls into that discussion a little bit different than Jalen. Jalen's its own type of use case where he's a second round pick and he comes out of nowhere. Yeah, there's definitely more question marks surrounding Hurts last year than Lawrence this year. So maybe in that way, like if it's more zoomed in on the quarterback part of this discussion, Mm -hmm. maybe then it's more like Chicago with Justin Fields. Chicago would have to be the one in the NFC because – yeah. I, I'm not going to look at Jared Goff. I'm not going to look no. at Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to look at Derek Carr. Carolina's a year too early there. I was going to say the Panthers, I could say, I'll, I'll maybe pick them for this discussion in 2024. This year, mm-hmm. I, I might pick them to win the division, but not to like potentially make the Super Bowl. A team that it's going to take a full team effort, but I believe that they can do it, especially in the areas that they seem to have improved in. 
Seattle. Yeah, was, that was the last team I was going to mention too. Put yeah, together those games and they win those one score games and their mm-hmm. defense just continues to get better. And you would expect Tariq Woolen to continue to improve. And yeah. they go out and add Devin Witherspoon, who's going to be opposite and JSN of him, and receiver. And JSN. And they already have that trio with now Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And they Felix close the gap on San Fran, you know. Quarterback there. I think they close the gap on San Fran a lot this offseason. I don't think San Fran is even going to be in that discussion because I don't know what the quarterback situation is. Like the defense could be as yeah. good as you want, and, and they've already if arrived. You lose Mike you know, McGlinchey so... right too at the mm-hmm. right tackle position. It's not going to be the same continuity on the offensive line. We'll see. I just really believe in Seattle and what they have going there. Pete Carroll has been a guy that has been able to get the best out of a unit that might not be respected as much as many people think. Right, and everybody, it's West Coast football. It's up in Seattle, and you're looking Geno Smith, but then all of a sudden. I could see in the middle of October, you're like, these guys are six and one. They've yeah. only lost one game and it was a one score game. And they're putting up 30 plus points a game. And you're, you can't score more than 18 on and that. Two team. of their teams in the division might stink. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Are going to stink. And th- that will be the, r- the real test, right? Lou, when we always said the Eagles, when we realized they were good, it was when they were taking care of those teams that they were supposed to take care of by handed yeah. margin. If Seattle goes into Arizona and they play the Los Angeles Rams, and then you look at what is their only competition in the West right now with San Francisco, if they sweep those teams in the first three games that they play them, I think we should be a little bit yeah. worried of what Seattle could be in come February or come January and maybe. I agree. February. Yeah. And so, like, I think, yeah, Chicago could be. I think Fields is that next guy to take a Jalen Hurts step. Definitely. I don't know, though, if the Bears are talented enough yet to do what the Eagles did mm-hmm. last year. I think Carolina's in that discussion with mm-hmm. Chicago maybe for a year down the road. When it comes to this next year, I think you nailed it with the Chargers and the Seahawks. I think the Jaguars are a team to watch in this discussion as well. Maybe Miami, even if Tua doesn't take a huge step, you're right. I mean, with mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey now in there and with how talented they are, that could be a team. So there are definitely some candidates, I think, in both conferences, more in the A. AFC than the NFC, but that's definitely good news for the Eagles. Uh, Gino, to wrap up the show, is there a, a non-Eagle storyline or a, a team, a player, something that you're rooting for this year you'd love to see play out? Obviously, you don't want them to you know, do this in spite of the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't want to see them win a championship over Philly, but you know, obviously, you love football. I mean, it's mm-hmm. Eagles first, but you, know, you love ball. I mean, we lo- all love the NFL. We watch even after the Eagles are done when our podcast is over, is there like a storyline, a player or a team, something like what's your biggest rooting interest this year? You know, in June, at least as of now outside of Philadelphia, I would say who's going to attack the throne. What are going, what are going to be those teams that really step up? We know in the AFC who it should be, but who's going to be that team there? Is it going to be the chargers? Is it going to be Jacksonville to take that next step up? Can one of them knock off Patrick Mahomes and Mm -hmm. the Eagles? I don't want them to coast by to get back to another Super Bowl. No, they need a challenge because frankly, they didn't have that. And when you go through like, like a boxer or an MMA fighter in the early days, and you're just taking these guys on the undercard and, you're beating them thoroughly, like the days of Conor McGregor coming up, and then all of a sudden you have to fight champions. It's a different level that you have to compete at, and I want to see those teams take a jump. I would like to see the NFC be better. I would like there to be more parity between the two conferences, mm-hmm. and frankly, I want to see an evolution of the next best group of NFC quarterbacks because we know what the AFC is, Lou. I want to have that next Mount Rushmore of guys that when they put up the graphic 
in the divisional weekend, there's four guys that you're looking at and saying it's Jalen Hurts and these three guys, and it's going to be that combination for and it's, what, four and who to knows? five years. And who knows who it's going to be? Gun to my head. Somebody's got to take a step, though. Uh, Somebody yeah. has to. I think it's going to be conference. Fields. I think Bryce Young eventually is going to be there. I think if the Niners give Trey Lance a true opportunity, he can be that guy. I just don't know if he's ever going to get a full chance mm -hmm. to actually play football, which is crazy considering this guy's barely played since 2019. But yeah, the question marks are way more apparent in the NFC than the AFC, especially at the most important position. For me, it's I'm just I'm all in on the Lamar Jackson Baltimore Ravens storyline. I think, are, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, this is my new Carolina Panthers. Remember the first two years oh, on yeah. our pod? How many times I if the Eagles weren't going to win at all, who was I putting my money on? It was Carolina. Carolina. Never panned out. Baltimore, I'm eventually going to get it right. And this year, you, you know, Lamar in this offseason, big winner, right? He gets his contract. They finally changed the offense. Looks like it's going to be more pass heavy than run heavy. He gets Odell Beckham in there, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman now with, you know, Nelson Aguilar as their fourth receiver. Um, so to me, in that gauntlet in the AFC, away from Philadelphia, I think Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens are the, you know, kind of the rooting interest for me. But yeah, in the NFC, I don't know, man. I almost don't want to see any of these quarterbacks emerge. I really like Justin Fields, but I'd love the competition to be, again, Brock Purdy and, uh, you know, Dak Prescott and Derek Carr. I'm Kirk Cousins, too. I'm selfish in that way, and that's fine. I'll take that. That's fair. I, I want to see the, the conference be the best. I, I always want to be the best coming out of the best conference because when you get out of there, you're the expected favorite, much like the Kansas City Chiefs have been the last couple years. And we know what the other landscape is. But as long as you take care of business, that's it, the thing, it, it though, man. They're all going to be dragging to the Super Bowl in the AFC. We're going to oh, be fresh. Yeah. They're going to beat the heck out of each other, man. It, yeah. It's going to be very intriguing. And there, there's a couple just other random ones that I look at across the NFL, and I start with the NFC East. Who's that next best team? Who is it? Is it going to yeah. be the Giants step up and they take that over Dallas? Is Dallas? I think the Giants peaked, Cooks you know. Stephon Gilmore, is that really going to take them over the hump? Could Washington surprise people with Sam Howell? And then you go outside of there, looking at the East in general, could you make the case that the NFC East and the AFC East might be the two most competitive conferences that could have a chance or divisions that could have a chance to sneak in three teams each? I think that might be a yeah. real case for both of them. For me, I think the Giants peaked. I actually like Washington better than New York this year. The only difference is. Sam Howell versus Daniel Jones. It's not like a huge gap, but can Howell get to that Daniel Jones level? If he can, I actually like the commanders overall better than the Giants. I think Dallas just by default will probably still be that second best team. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you from top to bottom, the Eastern divisions, and that hasn't been the case over the years. It was normally pretty bad and pretty mm -hmm. inconsistent in the NFC East. And for the AFC East, it was normally just New England ruling it. So now, yeah, times have definitely shifted more back to a, a 90s style with both mm -hmm. Eastern divisions kind of being the, you know, the focal point of the NFL for sure. All right, Gino, we'll be back Monday. We'll start up some training camp talk right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday for making us a part of your day. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter after the show at LockdownBirds, at DBLCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.